Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 8th, 2012. Newcomers, as always, help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see other sites listed there. These are all the official sites and they all carry audios for download for free of the talks I've given over the years. And they also carry transcripts in English for prints up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu which you'll also see on the com site, and uh, that'll take you to uh, the choices offered there. Remember, two, you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests, and uh, I don't sell products or anything like that, just the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And uh, if you want to keep me going, you can actually buy these books and discs if you go into the site. And uh, from the US to Canada, remember, you can use personal checks or international postal money orders, or you can use cash, or you can use PayPal. And straight donations really, really are awfully welcome. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. And what I do is go connect to past because really I, I really did come out years ago to, to change the whole course of what was then patriotism or patriot movements and trying to show them the big picture of the big system across the whole world and how it wasn't just the U.S., for instance, that was being affected by this, but to show them how the big plan works and how old it was. And luckily, it's really taken off, and uh, others have caught on to that now, too. And because we are living through a script, a script written a long time ago by uh, what was already a scientific establishment, you might say, employed by the top economists who were the bankers of the world, the ones who lent to nations, uh, private families. They owned a good portion of the wealth of the world at the time, and they decided to take over the world and run it properly, not the way, the haphazard way it had been in the past, where you could pretty well grow up and decide what you wanted to work at, who you wanted to marry, and all that kind of stuff. That all had to change for the planned, ordered society. And they've taken us through world wars, which they said were necessary to get the world to its knees, to agree to, uh, through treaties, binding treaties, basically amalgamate countries together, like the EU, for instance. And uh, they're trying to do the same with Americas and the Far Eastern Pacific Rim nations. One group was at the head of it, and that's the front group, of course, and again, that's the Royal Institute for International Affairs or the Council on Foreign Relations. Uh, again, unelected private institutions. They fund thousands of other fu- uh, foundations and think tanks uh, as their fronts and thousands of armies of NGOs that always push in the direction that they want the world to go in. They have their professors all through universities because they give massive grants to all universities to get their agendas on the go. And we're living through their agenda. It's called the Parallel Government. Thatcher also joined it after she retired from politics, and she mentioned it. She said, I now belong to the Parallel Government, she says, made up of ex-prime ministers, presidents, and top bureaucrats, 
uh, who all know each other. We're unelected, she says, we can get the work done behind the scenes, and we're not responsible to the public. So that's what runs the world, folks. They do also put in the ones that you're allowed to vote for, and the presidents and prime ministers for a 100 years now have been members of this same organization, left and right, because it's all a punch and judy show, you see. Very, very simple. Things never get better. It always gets worse. And the public vote the last lot out and hoping that the next bunch will be better and kinder to them. It never happens, of course, because... Uh, the, the, the treaties of the United Nations are, are signed constantly throughout every single year by regardless of who is in power to bind you into closer unification. Monetary ties as well, economic ties, is to bring in the big World Bank up to its proper stature and the IMF and the Bank for International Settlements that run all the central banks. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Most folk really don't believe uh, that this whole thing's planned out in advance. They really think, because they watch the media and read the, the, they watch the daily news, in fact, it's even worse, but the the people read the media too, and they think that things are just happening by chance every day, and politicians and others get together and just try and solve the problems. That's how you're meant to think. It isn't until you go into the military uh, training manuals, especially for officers, uh, for NATO countries especially, uh, to look at how they view uh, the long-term projections for warfare. Now, I've mentioned before, and I, I can put up again the link to the 90-page article that came out of the Department of Defense's own think tank a few years ago, talking about what was going to happen in the future. It was a futuristic report on projections of trends that would happen on into the future up until the year 2040 or so. And they talked about uh, flash mobs and riots at home as the economy goes down, etc., etc. So all this, all this stuff was in there. Even using, even coming down to using tactical, uh, field nuclear weapons on the general public, uh, if it got out of hand. Uh, now this is from the top. <laughs> it's not some, some other paper talking about it with spinning it. This is from the top themselves. I'll put the link up tonight to let you know. But I'm going to understand that warfare and this, this kind of long-term planning and projection is only part of one system. There's many ways of bringing on warfare. And the general population of the world have had no idea uh, that uh, a few groups of men got together in the late 1800s and decided to take this world over, and they declared war upon the human populations. Some of them came out in their own special fields, especially psychiatrists who were into eugenics, and said things like, you, you find the reports, if you look at uh, that every American family or every Western family who believes in uh, religion is mentally ill. And, that, and really, this, the parents should be separated from the child and all this kind of stuff. And these are top people, and we, we, we dismiss it thinking that it's one wacky person here and there. Nothing of the kind. They belong to, they're part of the mouthpieces and recruiters as well for, for the managerial class for the world on behalf of those who own them at the top. And they really mean what they say. Same thing with depopulation. 
uh, they've had depopulation councils on the go uh, since the League of Nations was formed that turned into the United Nations world meetings, sometimes two, three more per year, just on how to depopulate. It's not just going around the world and uh, giving abortions for free, uh, which the West all pays for, of course. Uh, it's far more than that. Long-term strategy, even in military uh, manuals, as I say, how do you ensure, for instance, that those down the road in some country that you don't like um, will not have enough men in the future to fight you, say, in 20, 30 years' time. Well, you've you got to bring in infertility, for a starter. You can actually use various bioweapons, which are chemicals or viruses and different, different techniques. You can inject it into them, by the way, or put it in their food. And you can alter their appearance physically, literally physically and mentally, they'll be different too. And they won't want to go and fight anybody for any possible reason, even for their own survival. This is long-term strategy. And some other countries have released theirs, even Israel has released theirs on Palestinians and projected populations, etc. for the future. That's what you do in warfare, you understand. And you can go back to Kissinger with his bill that he came out with an awful long time ago to do with uh, depopulation and that the population itself, uh, the rising populations, especially of third world countries, was the greatest enemy of the state. And they went into action at that time too. And of course, uh, they stepped up inoculations even in the Western countries and sterility just started just skyrocketing. Just coincidentally, of course. And you're supposed to think everything is just strange coincidence. Everything is. But also too, if you want to bring in a society where you'll have to use half the people to hammer and kill the other half if need be, in other words, dress them up in uniforms and pay them well and tra- train them. You want them to be aggressive and easily trained, already aggressive, for instance. So you you, you have to start recruiting uh, early on. Not just recruiting. How do you recruit early on? The Pentagon itself has said that a lot, an awful lot of the youngsters that come in have grown up playing their, their video games. These were designed by the military for the military to desensitize people from killing appears to be human beings, you see. And you think it's just out there for big money. Big money you can understand. You say, well, yeah, it's greed and big money. That's what, no, no. That's only one part of it. Everything they do to us is always big money. They make, they make profit even when they're killing us. And it's to ensure there's a generation today they can select who want to go and kill as well, you see. And this is an article here, for instance, that simply verifies the countless studies that have already been done on what is obvious. But it says, violent video games make teenagers more aggressive towards other people, and girls are affected as much as boys. It's a long-term study done by Brock University in Canada. And I say, this is one of the many that have been churned out over many years. is not going to change anything, because it's essential that even when you're altering uh, the males, for instance, in every country, there's always a certain amount left that you can always use before they, it kicks in. You can always use them when they're young. What happens when they hit 25 doesn't matter, and so on, uh, because they can die off or, or start wearing skirts. Anyway, it says, Teenagers who play violent video games over a number of years become more aggressive towards other people as a result, according to a new long-term study. And it said the study was the first to show a clear link between a sustained period of playing violent video games and subsequent increases in hostile behavior. It's not the first study. Girls who play violent computer games during their school years were found to be affected just as much as boys. 
and the team at Brock University Canada said the results were concern, uh, concerning and uh, wrote that violent games could reinforce the notion that aggression is an effective and appropriate way to deal with conflict and anger. Actually, uh, that's how your system works, you see. Underneath all the fake reality that you've swallowed, to think everything around you is normal. So, so much so that you're trying to find to keep that which you think is normal. Because you're really a tax slave. From your house, you're probably attacked to everything, you're a slave to other people's whims. Nothing's normal in it, but it, what's coming up seems worse, you see. So you want this back, the old system back. But anyway, it says, um, I was going to say that, uh, it says here an effective and appropriate way to deal with conflict and anger. Well, that's what you're seeing in Spain, because the face of the monster, and it's a monster behind democracy, as they call it. The con, the con game of democracy. Doesn't matter if it's fascism, communism, it's always the same monster, because they're all the same. That appears, and you, you see them coming out to their big clubs and, and beating up people on the streets. And people who are sitting in chairs, in fact, uh, they just walk up and just start smashing their skulls in. I'll put a video up tonight to, to do with that as well. And it's just astonishing that people never catch on. What they're seeing is a face of conflict and anger, what they're talking about here. Brute force, brute force. Coercion through law, you see with the threat of force, or threat of stealing your home or your car or whatever it happens to be. It makes most folk go along with whatever the big boys want above you, the ones who are living off of you, you see, that you think is all normal. And you um, you don't realize that ultimately, and the big boys don't want to use force because it looks bad. It kind of gets through all their indoctrination when they use brute force on the general public. They prefer you all go along. And even when they do use brute force to evict people out of their homes and things like that, who, who've paid up their mortgages but can't afford their taxes, for instance, uh, and so they steal their homes off them, uh, then uh, they use brute, brute force, but try and keep it out of the papers because it's just not good for PR, public relations. But when it, it comes down to the crunch and the folk have had enough and they're into austerity and poverty, and it's going to be for like generations in Spain, for instance, out comes the army on behalf of all those who run democracy, the thing that you think is democracy, and start smashing in skulls. I'll put it up tonight like you see it. Because that's the reality of the system you're living in. And folk want to keep the reality of being a good slave because if you can still run fast enough, you can still keep a hold of that roof over your head if you're fit enough to keep a hold of it. And, and maybe you can just keep ahead of them long enough so they won't steal everything off of you. Of course, they'll answer you, well, we need those taxes to pay for garbage pickup. <laughs> You're stealing folks' homes because you can't afford garbage pickup? Nonsense. These guys at the top have incredible salaries, even in your local townships, folks. Your feds are raking in trillions of dollars every year. Trillions on all your purchase taxes, hidden taxes. In Canada and Britain and elsewhere, you've got GST, call it uh, uh, general sales tax or value-added tax. It's the same thing that increases exponentially each time an item from raw ore to the next stage in a product is tacked on every stage to the finished thing. And uh, that's umpteen times the government gets that, that tax on every part of it, every stage of it. But they've never got enough money. But they can blow at the G8, you know, $1.8 billion or whatever it happened to be in Canada the last time, just for their two or three days signing, signing all the things that the Sherpas before them had worked out for them to sign. 
see things for what they are. It's time you did it. It's time you, I'm not here to save this system. Never have been. This has never been the people's system. Never. And I don't want a communist system either. It's just their side of the coin run by the same people. Think, folks. You should better start thinking. So anyway, if you want people to grow up and, and batter your skulls in, you train them 20-odd years in advance with video games, and that's what you've got. Very old tactic. As I say, you're going to see the gangs of New York, because it's true. The mayor of New York at the time did say that before the riot started. Well, we can always hire half the poor to, to kill or beat up the other half. That's always been the way they've done it at the top. Now, the war was a war on all culture. Because culture stopped a particular group from taking you over, you understand, with all their cons. And people could recognize it when they had a culture and they could fight back against it. Back with more on this after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting into the Matrix talking about the big system and how you all think it's normal simply because it was there when you were born and you've been trained to believe it's normal as well and uh, everyone around you believes it's normal because they were also indoctrinated and indoctrination lasts your whole life long you never question things that happen you never question why people do live in fear today of their governments and agencies that shouldn't be, but they do and uh, that's the normal, it's what we call democracy. This elastic thing called democracy. It's never had a stable definition, you understand. Never. It's not meant to. And democracy, many people will tell you, is a good tax-paying citizen. So, well, who, who made up that one, you see? At one time before the income taxes, they couldn't tax you because it was in the books at the time that taxation was taking money off your labor. And that was a form of slavery. And so they brought it in during the war, you see. And they called it a temporary war tax in, in Britain and elsewhere. And in the U.S. they called it a victory tax. And uh, once the next generation grew up with it too, of the extended taxes, we've got all these, what do you lend money to all these countries we've, we've bombed into hell, just that like we're doing in the Middle East right now. And then the next generation thinks it's all quite normal. It's normalized, you see. It was always the intention, of course. So it's okay to tax you so you're a slave. And that's okay. and they can steal your, your property and everything else off you as well if you get sick or you can't afford their taxes. And you think that's normal as well. Animals have the right to be living in their burrows. No one disputes that. But we are not allowed that, you see. You can't be safe. If you're safe, you see, you might be comfortable. If you're comfortable, you might start thinking. When you live in fear constantly, you don't think much at all. You look to others for the answers. And it's generally the ones who are the abusers who are doing it to you. Experts, you see. Part of the war, too, was to, as I mentioned, long-term strategies, bring down the population, alter the men so they wouldn't fight, as a good proportion of them won't, and then other ones that will kick in when they're 25 or so, you'll see them just billowing up like balloons as they pack the fats on and so on. And that's long-term strategy. That's what you do. I gave a talk years ago about the Vietnam War, and the biggest problem the U.S. government had at the end of it, during all demonstrations, etc., when all of them came back, was that these folk were just right out of the army. They'd been trained in warfare, 
and the last thing they wanted was for them to get armed and do something about it. So what they did is ensure that you'll save your time in the army now, you'll be good for three or four years, and you'll get awfully sick when you come out, and then you're pretty useless. I'm not kidding you folks, they actually had big uh, talk meetings about that. And they do these things. We are talking about people who have no problem making wars in other countries and using massive public relations and propaganda to indoctrinate their own public that this is necessary because these are bad people. And they do give the reasons, create the reasons to attack them. I put up the articles before from think tanks where you hear the top characters mentioning that we can try and goad Iran into firing the first shot so as you can have a just war. It must always appear just to the general public. During World War One, Wilson... Uh, he, he paraded in, in his whole debate to get into politics as a president uh, on that he would not take the U.S. into war. The whole point at that time was stay away from foreign uh, entanglements, uh, which is a wise thing to do. But of course, he was really run by Mandel House, Colonel Mandel House, who also was working uh, with the Royal Institute for International Affairs with Lord Sir, Sir Lord Earl Grey, actually, Lord Earl Grey and getting their orders from there. And so what they did then was um, simply forge fake papers saying that Germany was uh, going to attack the U.S. from Latin America. And then, of course, they had uh, the big ship going down Lusitania, and that was enough to get them into the war. It was all planned that way, and that's how you do it. Same with the, the Gulf of Tonkin. You, you'll hear the, the actual audios up there with the president talking to the, to the the Admiral of the fleet at that time and the captains involved over in the Gulf. Is there a torpedo or not coming your way? And this is it's bad, bad weather. You often get false readings, but the false readings end up being good enough to get the war started. The enemy must always appear to be the aggressor. Old tactics. The ancient Chinese talked about the same tactics. It's always been used. The just war, you see. And again, Wilson also used uh, Ivy Lee, the big, it was the big uh, PR company at this time, to lie massively to the American peoples to get them all on board for that war. They admitted it all after the war. Now, part of the war, too, is taking down society. All that was that stood up against corruption and evil, which is now the norm, had to go. That's why now it is the norm. Everyone's been contaminated generation by generation deliberately. From the top down, by the way, it's, it's, it's not a matter of grassroots. Uh, everything is, comes from the top. I don't care what you are, what kind of grassroots organization you are. If you can't get funding, you don't go anywhere in this world. So the big ones that suddenly came out of nowhere, all funded by your tax money, because they're out for radical change, radical change. They get government funding for that and foundation money as well for radical change. Destruction of all the old values. Exactly the same as a communist manifesto. It's all happened. And Besmanov came out too from the KGB and he did give a lot of truths and say that's what you do. You deculturize the people, you contaminate them generation by generation until they end up thinking everything is normal and they're living in perversion. You soak up perversion every night watching television and you laugh at it. When you laugh at perversion, you're a goner. You're literally a goner. It's called comedy. And now, of course, we're getting to the stage now because they're bringing down America. And I always said that they'd pull the rug from underneath it as they finish, the U.S. is used to finish off the rest of the world consolidation by its war machine. Back with more after this break.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the, the war, the ongoing war, you, you were born into it, before 9-11 it was on the go, it's been on the go for a long, long time, and the big boys wrote lots of articles about it, books about it too, they created the big associations that became professions uh, to do with psychiatry and eugenics and uh, psychology and all that stuff, you see. They gave you children's aid, which is basically just uh, for a society to take children off their, off the parents. All of that stuff that they wrote about too. And why they'd have to take the children, a lot of children off their parents and so on. Abortion was all part of it, depopulation, the unfits, etc., etc. It's all out in the open today. But no one cares because we're all, you see, everyone's been under war, a warfare attack their whole life long. Chemical wars, biological wars, vaccinations and so on, bad food, and massive indoctrination, scientific indoctrination, Russell called it. And you don't know it, you think it's entertainment. Enter at your own risk, it says, police union says that war like Detroit is now unsafe for visitors. And uh, the, the police association, attorney Donato Iorio said, Officers are holding the Enter at Your Own Risk rally at 3.30pm Saturday in front of uh, Commercial Park to remind the public that the officers are overworked, understaffed, and at times fearful for their lives. They're not responding to most calls. So that's what's happening in the U.S. as it was intended to do. And they're going to have the same thing happening across the world shortly as they go down into austerity. And it will become violence in different places. That's why your governments have been building up internal armies for 30 years and preparation for the now, you see. A big thing that's happening too in places like Britain and elsewhere, and of course Obamacare, etc., well, is copying Britain's system. Uh, the whole idea is down to what's your life worth to them, your owners. See, they're farmers and you're just the sheep or cattle. And uh, they don't believe in keeping livestock around if they can't bring in the bucks. And that's your purpose, is to consume, pay taxes, work and so on. And if you can't do all of them, then you're a bad global citizen, according to the United Nations. It's all down to economics. So how much is it going to cost to keep you alive? If you're not producing, uh, and it's going to cost so many thousands uh, of dollars to keep you alive, then they'll, they'll simply kill you. And that's what's coming down to. Here's the pill. Take it. It's a lot cheaper. Simple as that. Because that's your function in society. It's odd that people wonder about their function. They never, they never think about their function in society. They don't really think they're doing their own thing. It's astonishing. It's a great, it's a great system, isn't it? Fantastic system. And, and meanwhile, uh, you, you find out, as I said, you get sick very quickly. Uh, all these wonderful things that your tax money is supposed to provide, uh, they simply don't exist. And, of course, cancers are skyrocketing too, part of the long-term warfare as well, depopulation. But anyway, do not resuscitate is a common thing they've had in Britain for years, depending on who you are in wards. And they have the little codes on your little um, your little clipboard at the end of the bed. Uh, and the staff know not to resuscitate this patient or that patient, etc. So this is from their own website. 
and from the BBC as well, on, eth- on ethics, which is bioethics, which is eugenics, by the way. That's a new term for it today. Uh, and it says, uh, do not resuscitate orders, a DNA in ardor in a patient's file means a doctor is not required to resuscitate a patient if their heart uh, stops and it's designed to prevent unnecessary suffering. Nothing to do, of course, with economics. It's all to do with present, present, preventing unnecessary suffering. Well, I've seen all their studies. There's always co- uh, churning out studies on how much it would keep these people to live longer. You see, that's the real reason for all. Never mind all the propaganda. And that's what propaganda is. Almost everything that you read, actually, is propaganda in the mainstream. Another article, too. War, again, is working awfully well. It says, get a grip on family policies, says ex-minister or politician. A shocking report. There's nothing shocking about anything, because you understand people cannot be shocked today. People are so contaminated. That's, That's the proper term and indoctrinated and through entertainment and everything else, that nothing shocks them anymore. They can watch folk getting blown up. They play games about folk getting blown up, for goodness sake. There's really as can be. But they also watch it on, on, on live parts, on, 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 on a computer, on, on internet, of the drones going in, real drones going in, blowing folk up. And when it comes down to the sexual matters, believe me, anything goes, because nothing shocks anybody anymore. You're all defunct. And when folk are defunct, they can't stand together and fight anything, even to save themselves, their own lives. They cannot do it. And that's why there's been a war on your culture and all of you long before you were born. Deliberate war. So you'd be conquered by other people who do not follow the same rules that they make you follow and the same behavior. In fact, they have laws against it in their own areas. So anyway... Families are falling apart, as it have been for a while, because that was agenda too. And another thing too is, is cropping up all the time is to do with uh, celebrities and perverts. See, it's a time for perversion. They're up there in, in the open, basically out in the open, uh, a lot in a lot of areas, especially to do with government or anything official. And that's a big, big move. I often wondered why Hillary Clinton was going around the world saying uh, that the first priority of giving a loan to any country, the first condition was not to help the infrastructure that we've just bombed into smithereens or the folks starving or die of disease. Uh, but the first, uh, the first uh, concern was that they would get no loan whatsoever from the IMF, that they never had to have loans before, like Libya, uh, unless they promote uh, homosexual rights and transgenders and all of this stuff. That's the most impo- Why is that the most important thing, folks? Think about it. Why? You better start thinking. Why? Why is that? Why is that? Seriously, why is that? That's the most important thing for starving to death, children, the whole bit. It's a priority. Here's an article here, too. It says... Um, was there a sex ring inside the BBC? Of course there was. Everybody who's had any connection with the BBC knows it. Jimmy Savile's Radio 1 colleague uh, procured gills for him. That's one article about Jimmy Savile, this, this perv that was prepared from the beginning. I mean, he showed it off and even on television. And um, he went for years on top of the pops, as he called it. And he kept dyeing his hair and he had a big cigar, started off kind of like a a copy of uh, Groucho Marx type of thing, and, and kind of kept that image for the rest of his lives. But he, he was raping young girls, apparently, according to his, his nephew, two even young boys. But that's okay. It was all covered up by BBC uh, for many, many years because there's a lot of perverts inside the BBC. 
They're, they're definitely, and um, not only a person saying that, just a British Lord came out and said that too a few years ago. On live on television, you're just asking a question, because he used to work there, he says, how is it the BBC? There's still a lot of bleeps and bleeps there, he says. So anyway, this, this is a, a guy who got knighted, Jimmy Savile, of course, uh, because the big boys like to knight their own. They're all into this kind of stuff. And uh, I'll put this link up tonight for those who want to see this massive list of folk who've already come forward. And now there's even boys coming forward now as well. And another one too, Uncle Jimmy took me to his sick parties. Nephew tells his childhood was stolen at 13. They were taken to orgies where these adults were having sex with young children, about 12 and 13 years of age, some as young as 10. And he'd watch them disappearing in the bedrooms with these different uh, adults, etc. You understand, you cannot do this kind of thing without the, the understanding and the knowledge and the police cooperation of uh, the Met at London and other places. Do you understand that? I hope you understand that. I hope you do. Really, really. I'll put a whole bunch of links on Savile tonight for those who want to go through this, and a video on them as well. And we've also got sex offenders. This is a time now they're trying to use all the same. They said this in Bill Ayer's Weather Underground. There was the, the big bunch, that was the communists inside the U.S., that Hillary and Obama and a whole bunch of folk knew and were pally with. And... Um, they said that they would use linguistics to alter things, just slightly alter the name of something, call it something else, and it, it kind of throws people off of their original feelings or understandings about something. But they'd also use the same techniques that helped get women's lib on the go. And then he comes point to them and says, well, you give it to them, why not us? And so the homosexuals do the same thing. And now you've got all the transgenders doing it too. And now you've got the sex offenders trying to use the same approach. You understand? That's how you do it for one group, then you got to do it for more. Sex offenders launch legal bids to overturn ban, which prevents their families from celebrating Halloween. It says five sex offenders and their families suing the city of Simi Valley, California, claiming their right to free speech is violated by a new law preventing them from celebrating Halloween. The ordinance, which aims to prevent sex offenders from having contact with trick-or-treating children on Halloween, was adopted by the Simi Valley Council on uh, September the 10th. And they've got a lawyer, Janice Belusi, heads the advocacy group California Reform Sex Offenders Laws, which represents the five unnamed sex offenders. But they wanted to overturn the offender laws and get the names off the books altogether. There's another article on that as well. It's just amazing what's all in, in the news right now. It's all kind of connected all over the place as we go crazy, you see. And any kind of idea of a st- stable society is just completely torn away like a tornado. And that's what they want as you go through changes because when there's no natural thing to hold on to, you see, then they can really rush ahead with any kind of agenda and make you believe uh, and do anything they want you to do. I'm not kidding you. They didn't understand all the techniques and sciences to do this. It's very simple. And there's nothing left to hold on to. Now, we find now, too, that uh, uh, Toronto School Board, I believe, um, is now following uh, one in Sweden I read a while back, who, where it says, the, it says uh, Z and her, it says, Toronto School Board guidelines on gender identity allow for non-masculine feminine pronouns to be used to try and introduce this. Calgary MP Rob Anders, known for his contentious public comments, is asking Canadians to oppose transgender bill C-279, dubbed by critics the bathroom bill. And it says, um, 
This is uh, sponsored by the BC, British Columbia, NDP, National Democratic Party MP Randall Garrison. The bill proposes recognizing gender identity and gender expression as groups under Canada's Criminal Code Hates Crime section. It would also offer these individuals protection under the Canadian Human Rights Act. And uh, the Toronto District School Board this week issued a site of new guidelines on how schools should accommodate transgendered students, spelling out everything from what washrooms they can use to how teachers should address them. Special Special things for special people now. It's not equality anymore, you see. It's actually, if you don't belong to a minority groups shortly, you, you won't have any rights whatsoever. Or I'm not, not kidding about that either. I'm not kidding at all about that. And also want to go into uh, this one here. Another main article on the sex offenders that launching the legal, legal bill to overturn the ban which prevents their families celebrating Halloween. That's, there's two articles on it, one from Britain, one from the States. I'll put them both up tonight. And also this one here, British Columbia in, 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 in Canada, medical insurance is now going to cover phalloplasty for transgendered into men, I guess, as women to men, so they can build a penis for you. So that's a, a priority for hospitals, you see. So I guess everything else will take second place that has to be done. Big, big push, big push on. And folk never ask, why is this happening? Why, why, why is this? Ain't it just stupid at the top? American fertility rates drop because of global population stabilization agenda, it says here. According to a recent report released by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, it says um, 2011 had the lowest birth rates on record across the board, infiltrating all races in the U.S., less children being born. Since 2007, 4.3 million Americans have had fewer babies, either due to the economy or social credo. It says mainstream media blames the financial crisis of 2008 as being the causation due to economic stress. Social conditioning provides in parenting magazines that the overall cost of raising a child has risen to the point of just being too expensive to consider. All these techniques were, were talk spelled out in the early 1900s by the, the initial group who did all the population studies. And again, it was related to the Royal Society, which is just a branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. Same thing about making it too expensive. The immediate needs of children are not the concern of would-be parents. It's the pressure of saving for future events such as college tuition, extracurricular activities, insurance, etc., and the social constraints that have nothing to do with the actual child or intimidating people out of having children. But then it goes into other things as well. Distorting genetic genome research, fathers are being blamed for passing down genetic mutations in their DNA to the children, and a number of eugenicists are calling for a pre-screen test to be administered to determine whether or not a child will be born who would be a medical or financial burden to their parents and or society. Financial burdens, you see. Professors of molecular... See, understand at the very top of eugenics, you've got the bankers who came up with all of this stuff. They're the top economists. They, they see the world in economical terms. All of us are to do with their economics. Are we productive or are we takers? You see. So it says, Professor of Molecular Biology, Molecular and Human Genetics and Pharmacology at Baylor College of Medicine have deciphered a birth control pill for men by manipulating sperm with the use of a drug called GIQ1. The drug blocks the proteins essential for sperm production and drastically lowering sperm counts. GIQ1 is now being slated for human trials. Well, forget that, folks, because they've tried everything out on you already, and that's why a lot of guys are going sterile anyway. And I've mentioned all the articles 
uh, go into the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. I've done a lot of talks on that. And anyway, it goes into various other uh, contraceptions and so on and so on, and population issues, as they want to call it. It says they want funding for worldwide fertility control decreased uh, increased by decreased by 30% between 1995 and 2008, not least as a result of legislative pressure from the religious right in the U.S. and elsewhere. The authors call for education and planning needed to foster and achieve a sustainable human population and lifestyles. And this is from a, a, a paper from uh, one of the Air Summits. And I also read that at Rio uh, 20 meeting in Brazil there recently as well. At the London Family Planning Summit, LFPS, in July this year, Melinda Gates said she's finally made planning her top priority. Not only does Gates want to force contraceptions onto developing nations, she wants to prevent an estimated 40% of pregnancies to stop women around the world from giving birth. Gates, remember I talked parallel government? These people have incredible power. You don't vote them in. They belong to they either have their own foundations, but they all work with all the other foundations on the same agenda. And they're not responsible to you for what they do. You don't vote them in. You can't vote them out. What can you do? Oh, please stop killing us. Gates is an arsenal of Depo Priovera implantable fertility controls provided from Shanghai Duhai Pharmaceuticals and donations from Merck to further the advancement of the United Nations Millennium Development Goals, which states that there would be a 75% reduction in births under the guise of maintaining maternal mortality. In order to control the growing population, Drs. Alberto Giobellini and Francesco Minerva published a paper, and I've got that up there too. I've read that before, what these, these two, they want to kill uh, children after they're born. Back with more after this break. And you're all yawning now because nothing shocks you. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back cutting into the matrix. This hour is flying in. Uh, and there's a, a caller on the line. Is Darren from Ireland uh, still there? Hello. Hello, Alan. How are you today? Not bad at all. Yeah. I just had a quick question. I was uh, finished reading the, the Republic by Plato, and there's just something I can't get my head around. And the last part, on kind of the, the eight heavens and and all this. Is, that, is this Kabbalistic or is it uh, astrology? He's pointing out when he talks to the heavens and. Yeah, he has to go into that because things get camouflaged. You understand, he, he really promoted what we would call eugenics in his day. And he was part of the aristocracy. He actually explained that, that why the aristocracy were, he, he said, were brighter and in charge of all, all of those people down there. And they had to go into mystical talk towards the end uh, rather than, because uh, he belonged to a mystical school, remember, that, that carried on for quite some centuries. Uh, and then down through Socrates and then on to him uh, on the one hand and Aristotle on the other. So um, they do go back quite a ways. Where they, where they, at one time they had to to confuse the average listener who wasn't in on the acts or the terms used uh, and use uh, capitalistic types of symbology to explain horrible things otherwise, horrible things that could be done to the general people. So he, he does touch on that. But I mean, he, he also believed uh, that, um, in one little, little experiment he, he does in one of his talks, he says that he calls a little boy over and he says, he gives him a mathematical question 
and the boy works this out and gives him an answer. He says, why do some people have the ability to get the answers or not, just like we do? And he says, because the ones that do have lived before. So he believed, like they, they did, uh, a lot of the elite did, in, in a form of reincarnation. And so that was prevalent right up into the Neoplatonic age as well. Neoplatonism, it was all through Gnosticism as well, that whole belief system, that the superior people had been here before, and that's why they already had knowledge. Therefore, they had the right to rule over others. It re-emerged with Madame Blavatsky again in the 1800s, uh, under the guise of um, theosophy uh, and hidden masters, the hidden masters being the ones who had been reincarnated many times before. And a lot of the aristocracy were certainly in on this belief system. So it's a very old system for those who are in charge, and it appeals to their vanity, of course, and, and uh, their belief that they are so special, that the reason for it being is that they've been here so many times. They don't have to be here, and therefore they're really a master. They're only here of alt- for altruistic reasons to lead the world the way it should be run. In other words, depopulate all the unfit, etc. <laughs> And would, would that be the, the, I was reading the Gnostic Gospels as well, and, and uh, on the Gospel of the Sophia of Christ, Jesus Christ, it uh-huh. kind of goes into the same thing, saying there was 12, and it just kind of seems to be this same thread going through. Yeah, books. you understand that these were written much later, you know, centuries later, the Gnostic Gospels. And uh, Gnostics had been the go before uh, Jesus Christ came along. And uh, they actually claimed that that, uh, that when Constantine came along centuries later, too, he, they actually claimed they actually had a meeting with them, and says, "Why are you stealing our religion?" Because they also had their version of it, that any man can become a god if they did the right things. But that actually came from Judaism, it's a Talmudic Judaism, that any man amongst them of the right people could become a god. You see, on earth, literally. And so they were the Gnostic group that were at at odds with the Coptic Christian version of it. That was the reason why. But thanks for calling. And from Hamish myself, as I say, it's very, very short, hour really. It's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.